This morning, a little history for you. We are going to talk about Mary, Queen of Scots. Why, you ask? Well, because there's still a mystery there after hundreds of years, and it has to do with her correspondence, the thousands of letters that she wrote to people during her 19 years in captivity. Well, it turns out that she took elaborate measures to kind of like hide messages in her letters, like codes that hadn't really fully been broken until recently. So what did some of these messages say? Well, our producer, Bianca Rega, who, by the way, also loves history, loves everything having to do with Mary, Queen of Scots, had a chance to speak with Dr. George Lassery, who's a computer scientist, and he's one of the lead co-breakers on this project. About two years ago, one of us discovered those documents in, uh, in the Bibliothèque Nationale de France, the French National Library. They put online quite a lot of material. Some of it is in cipher. And those documents were very interesting because uh, in the same collection, all the other letters are from Italy and also they are from the first half of the 16th century. And we know that Mary Stuart was active in the second half. So if you're a scholar looking for material about Mary Stuart, that's the last place you would go to to find that. So uh, we found them there. And then just for the fun, we decided to crack them. So at the beginning, we had no success because we thought they were in Italian. But half a year later, we came back to that. And then we were a little more lucky and we started to see fragments of text in French. And then slowly and slowly we started, I would say, to peel the onion. It's kind of when you decipher a cipher (laughs) of that complexity, then you have multiple layers. And every time you are solving, you are resolving some of the symbols that are not clear. You are reading more into the text and you are understanding a little better what it's about. And after we had peeled a few layers of that onion, I would say, we identified that those might be from Mary Stewart. So that was really a very exciting moment. So did you know anything about Mary, Queen of Scots before you started this project? So we are history buff, so we know a little bit, but uh, now we we know much more. (laughs) And I think historians also will know much more with those letters. (laughs) The context in which uh, we know about Mary Stuart, because we know that towards the end of her life, there was a plot called the Babington plot. And as part of that plot, Mary sent an unciphered letter to one of the conspirators. And that unciphered letter was captured and deciphered by Francis Walsingham, Queen Elizabeth I's spymaster, and based on this decipherment, then there was incriminating evidence in the letter, and then she was put on trial and they executed. So because we are, we are familiar with the cipher world, the cipher history world, then we knew that story about Mary Stuart, but that's all we knew about. So can you describe what some of the symbols looked like, and were they similar to letters at all? Yes, yeah, so for ciphers, there were multiple styles of, of symbols. Some were purely numerical. Some were uh, Arabic figures or Greek letters or, or alchemy symbols and so on. So it, there was a vi- very wide variety. And this specific cipher actually has about 220 distinct cipher uh, symbols. Uh, but when you look at it, all you see are lines of symbols. You have no idea what they say. You even know, have no idea who wrote them, when, to whom, and where. So that, that was uh, the interesting part. And that's probably the reason that they were never discovered before, because no one knew they were about Mary Stuart. So only after you, dis- you decipher them, you can know that they are from Mary Stuart. So how were you able to decipher that, let's say, a three with a dot underneath it represented a T, hypothetically? Okay. The basic principle, and it's more complicated than that, but just the basic principle is what we call frequency analysis. 
So if you take an English text, then the most frequent letter will be the letter E. About 12% of the letters in, a, in an English uh, text are, are E's, and in French, it's, it's quite similar. And then you have the next most frequent letters, like uh, the T, the A, the I, the N, the S. So basically, you try to match the frequency of the symbol that you see to what you would expect in a natural language. So th this, is the, this is the idea of frequency analysis. So from there, you need to apply more, more logic, but this is, a, this is a good starting point. So once you were able to decipher these letters, like did they reveal anything significant about Mary's life that we didn't know already? We, we, we have started to show them to historians and they are astonished. From, from their point of view, there are biographies of Mary Stuart that needs to be rewritten because we have a large volume. We have more than 50 letters and some of the letters are very long. And especially Mary would write in cipher more confidential matters than she would write in letters that are not in cipher. So in the letter, we see many mentions of how she manages those communication. She has many ciphers. She has different type of cipher for different person she's in contact with. And she's very astute on how to, to, to protect those communication and make sure they are not discovered by the British authority. And especially the insight that I keep hearing from historians is that until now, there was a kind of a perception that Mary Stuart was a kind of a tragic woman, not a very smart one, uh, doing some mistakes and not very astute. And then she had a tragic fate and she was the victim of, of circumstances and so on. But if you, if you look at those letters, you will see a very intelligent woman, a very astute woman. She's very well connected. She has great source of information. She, she's not passive. She's trying a lot of uh, political maneuvering with France, with Scotland, with Queen Elizabeth. And this is this changed the perspective on, on Mary Stuart, especially on those years that she was in captivity. What was your favorite story that you deciphered? Uh, there are many, but the, I think there were there are two that for me are the most striking because if you look at those letters, their purpose is, is diplomatic. Those are not personal letters. Those are not a, a wife writing to a husband or, or something like that. But there are a couple of letters in which you see not only her political thinking, but you also see uh, the mother. She was separated from her son when he was a baby. She had to run. Uh, she was to escape uh, Scotland. And she did not see him for more than 10 years. And in one of the letters, she mentioned that she has re received a portrait of James, her son. Her son at that time is now 13 or, or 14. And, and she writes that this portrait is different from the one she had so far. And of course, he's, uh, the boy is growing up, so he's looking differently. But you see, this is painful to her. And uh, there is another letter in which uh, she informs the French ambassador that her son, James, has been abducted by a rebel faction in, in Scotland. And now they, they have a hold on him and she's very worried about his fate and she's afraid that uh, he will suffer, maybe he will die. And, and you, you really sense not only the diplomatic uh, Mary writing to the French ambassador, but the mother very, very upset and, and feeling, feeling that uh, very anxious about what's going to happen with her son. So interesting, right? Like, I love history stories. That is Dr. George Lazary, a computer scientist in Israel, member of this group called Decrypt. They spent all this time trying to decrypt or decipher the letters that Mary, Queen of Scots, had been sending to people while she was in captivity. That it was full, they were full of coded messages, but it took them forever to try to figure out what those messages actually had to say.